Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we have a episode releasing every Monday and Thursday, streaming on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. You could also find it on the Charisma Plus app, and then you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to to tap in. We have over 100 episodes now, just hours and hours of testimonies. Uh, revelation from scripture. I come on with my wife, with friends of mine, with ministers from all over the world, missionaries, authors, prophets, amazing people. And we discourse and we talk about the things of the Lord. And we also bring revelation on very relevant subjects that are taking place, as well as just breaking down the word so we can have a rooting, a, a firm foundation in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's awesome. It's it's based on Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. As believers, we need an awakening. Our heart needs to awaken to the beauty of Christ, who he is in us, the tools that we have in him so that we could release the kingdom in the earth today. And so um, this show happens to be an interview. I've got a friend of mine on, an amazing man of God. Um, he is His name is Steve Hannett. He's the founding pastor of Jesus Reigns International and Abundant Grace Christian Church located in New Jersey. He has a heart to see God's apostolic vision through Jesus Christ fulfilled in every way. He carries a powerful apostolic teaching and healing anointing, and he travels domestically, internationally, teaching and preaching so he can advance the kingdom of God. He serves as the associate leader and local faculty member of Build International, Antioch, uh, I'm sorry, Antioch School of Ministry, helping churches develop and implement church-based theological training programs. He's a podcaster. He's an author. He, he's, he's very busy. And so thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. Oh, it's great to be with you, Michael. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And so I gave a little bit of background to who you are, but one thing that I love to hear, especially when I have newer guests on my show that people haven't heard from, um, how did you first encounter the Lord? I know you're, you're passionate for God. You're doing incredible things um, in his name. You're a pastor, you're a leader. Um, but how did you first encounter the Lord? You know, it's a great question, Michael, because my encounter with the Lord was so powerful because I was diagnosed with cancer mm. and I was only 19 years old. And like many people, I had similar encounters with God through, through, um, through church and just hearing about Jesus. But when sure. I got diagnosed with cancer, I cried out to God because I <laughs> needed help. And the way the Bible says it is that God heard David's cry. And in the same way, God heard my cry. And he introduced me to somebody who really met Jesus, somebody who was a true, authentic disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm. And that man introduced Jesus to me that day. Not only did I receive Jesus and the forgiveness of my sins, but literally he laid his hands on my head. We prayed according to what's in the scripture and that cancer left my body miraculously. Amen. So, I, I, yeah, that day was the day of all days in my life. It changed everything. I was healed of cancer and it set the course to being on, on the podcast with you today to help people find out what I found out. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. There's so many facets of that, that I love, honestly, the fact that you needed the Lord desperately in your life during this time. And he sent 
a person. He sent a believer. <laughs> I love that. It's always great to have. Right. It's always great to have encounters with God personally. No one is there. It's heart to heart. It's personal. It's intimate. But it's also amazing because we're the hands and feet of Jesus. So I love that he sent one of his people, just like when Paul, you know, was blinded. God sent Ananias, you know, I just, I just love that part of it as well as, Hey, let's not forget the Lord's benefits. He doesn't just forgive our sins, sins, but he heals us of all diseases. Psalm one on three. And so he laid hands on you. You, you received forgiveness of sins, but not only that you were healed of cancer. And so praise God, he gave you the salvation package. That's right. I mean, (laughs) Jesus said in Matthew chapter nine to the man who was crippled, he said, which is either easier to say your sins are forgiven you or arise and walk. Mm-hmm. And so many people don't know that, that when your sins are forgiven, it, it brings shalom, it, the, the perfect wholeness of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just excited to tell people that their expectations should be so much higher and so much greater when they find out that their sins are forgiven, because it means that they they can live and walk in the literal glory of God. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body, wholeness of the entire person. We are literally complete in Christ. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing and there's some things that take place instantaneously in our lives and there's some things that also are progressive. They take time for a a manifestation, but at the same time we 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 can be confident that Christ paid it all, that Christ uh, the work truly is a finished work and a completed work. Every area that needs redeeming, every area that needs cleansing, every area that needs liberation has fully been provide, provided through the Son of God and His perfect work for us. And so, praise Amen. the Lord. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so I know that you also have, you know, you really felt on your heart this year to put a big focus on consecration, calling it a year of consecration. And you, you've been talking yeah. a lot about worship. And first, before we get into that. What do you, how would you break down the word consecration? And then we can kind of talk about what that looks like. You know, there's a few different Hebrew words that help us understand the idea behind consecration, but to keep it simple and brief now, it's really a setting apart mm-hmm. of something for God, for the use of, of holiness or for some holy purpose. And so this idea of separation is the theme in our consecration. A lot of people think that, therefore, I'm separating from food or I'm separating from something. But actually, it, it, it's the second part of consecration. You're mm-hmm. being set apart for something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in a way, the easiest way to describe it is we're disconnecting from some things so that we can effectively connect to the things in God's glory realm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. I know you're talking, you're talking about worship specifically, which is, which is, which is huge for me. And so, and I, and I love, I love your focus there. Even just what you broke down right there, your focus. Yeah. We are disconnecting from things that distract us, but at the same time, the focus is predominantly on and more importantly on who we're connecting to, who we're focusing on, who, you know, Jesus Christ, being more aware of him, being connected with him, being intimate with him. And so you talk a lot about worship and spirit and truth and beholding the Lord as well in terms of, you know, what it looks like to walk out consecration and being set apart. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the greatest things about the Christian life is that 
the very beginning of it is a call to separate from ourselves. <laughs> a mm. lot of people say, wait, is that good news? Wait a minute. I like myself. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, God is, is calling us to separate from everything that is in him. And so when we first meet the cross, when we meet Jesus Christ, when we are coming to this idea that, that there is a life that God has for us, um, it, it is a tremendous invitation to become connected to his almightiness, to be connected to the realities that are so far deeper than what we know in our own self. Mm -hmm. But yeah. the Lord really inspired me to um, understand that there's a great deception going on, and it all has to do with worship and understanding the Christian life. And it's, it's really the, 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 the bed or the impetus that, that began the, the whole consecration season. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the deception is this, it, it's that in the world, we are really focused on ourselves. We're, we're focused on our uh, own goals, our own dreams, our own yeah. mm. uh, lives, everything, our bodies, our families, everything's self-focused. And we try to use the world to come into a place where we're like, well, I want validation. I want fame. I want to be worth something. I, I want identity. So we go to the clubs, we go to the corporations, we even go to schools. We try to get the best jobs, the best money. We try to get all of that from the world. So we're literally using the world to supply what we think we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when we become Christians, there's a call to change all of that. Mm -hmm. But God really placed on my heart that there's a grand deception going on, and it's that we are coming to God, often in a lot of church environments, not necessarily for God, but still for self. Only now, instead of using the world to provide what we need for self-living, mm -hmm. we try to go to the Christian life for getting what we need. And this is where a lot of preaching, a lot of teaching, a lot of books written are actually, what can we get for our <laughs> life now? Yeah. And so it becomes again, self-focused. And what the Lord put on my heart was that once there's a shift away from God to living for yourself that becomes an idol. It becomes a worship of self. Mm -hmm. And so if I did that in the world, and now I'm only shifting or changing my attempt for a new source, being God or the church or the Bible, but it's really still living for me. God's showing there's really no fundamental change there. And once that shift takes place, we're no longer in Christianity. Mm. We're in idolatry. Mm. And so when we come to Christ, this idea of, you know, what is worship and how is this happening? The first <laughs> kind of class 101 or the first step is to realize that God has something so much better for us than ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but we've got to meet the cross. We've got to meet 
Jesus. We've got to meet someone greater, a life right. greater mm-hmm. than ourselves, a life greater than our life. Something that would be so great that we'd be willing to literally die to self or deny ourselves so that we can, we can get him. And so the beginning of worship is really the beginning of seeing or beholding that God is so great, that his son Jesus is so high, so deep, so wide, that he's worth the denying of everything in my life. And and this is where Jesus even said this in Matthew 16. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And, you know, a lot of people think that, that taking up the cross may mean a sickness or something like that, but it really doesn't. It really means to crucify the old nature, the old motivations, the old heart, the old self-seeking, so that we may find our life. And, and he, Jesus promised, he said, Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And worship is the beginning of finding your life. It's a beautiful thing. We're just talking about focusing on the Lord Jesus, his beauty, his perfection, his glory, how deep, how wide, how high, the depth of who Jesus is. You know, when I was in Mozambique, Africa, and where I met my wife, we were with Heidi Baker and Iris Global. Um, there was just, you know, we were living among the poor, the broken. We were living among orphans. And I remember the second you left the base, there was all of these kids. And there was these few kids specifically that God really put on my heart that I, I was trying to show the love of the Father to and building a relationship with. My wife and I would take them out to eat and everything. But as soon as we left the base, these kids would come up to us and they would always start asking us for things. You know, they would... They would come and they would say, can I have money? Can I have, you know, I want chicken. I want a Coca-Cola. I want this. I want that. And don't get me wrong. They're, they're poor and they, and their needs, you know, were very important to them. Like, I don't know what it's like to be that poor, to be that broken, to be that impoverished. Like I, I, I understood that. So there was so many times we met their needs and we took them out and we fed them. But like, Every single time I saw them, the first thing they would say instead of hi, instead of how are you, instead of it was always something they needed, something they wanted. And I remember my heart was broken one day. I left the base and they came up to me and they said, give me this, give me that or whatever. And I remember I felt the heart of God breaking and the Lord told me this is exactly how I feel when my children just come to me seeking my hands instead of seeking my heart. And when the Lord said that to me, it, it, it really broke my heart. And I started to realize like, wow, like this is, you know, you know, the church, there are the beautiful bride of Christ. So many believers are just coming to the Lord for his hand, seeking what he can do, his blessing, what he can mm-hmm. give us, how he can prosper us and bless us and, you know, um, increase our lives financially or whatever it may be when the Lord just wants us to draw near 
so that we could seek him for who he is. And it's amazing because if we seek him and his righteousness, all these things that we need shall be added unto us. Everything that we are daily bread, every the clothes on our back, a head, you know, a roof over our head, all of that will be added to us. But the most important, we need to trust that and be confident in that. And we just need to get to know him for who he is. Because if we know him, if we see him, we will be truly undone by who he is. And like you said, you know, <laughs> he who is greater than anything this world could ever offer, but just one glimpse, just one glimpse, just one encounter, just one moment with this beautiful king, and we are completely undone. We are ruined for normal. We can't do things the way that we've always done things, and it leads us to want to sacrifice, to want to lay down our lives, to want to follow him and deny ourselves in our daily lives. And this is so beautiful because the shift that's happening in consecration is a shift that says, instead of me seeking me first and seeking God first, it actually is almost an ironic key of how to receive what you need. In in, in other words, when, when I'm trying to supply my own needs, I'm the one that's working. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my needs met. But when I'm seeking the Father and I'm seeking His Son in the Spirit, and yeah. my focus is on seeking His face, like you were saying, mm-hmm. He all of a sudden becomes the worker or the supplier for those things that I need. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's that verse that you brought up in Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Because the Bible says that the Father knows what we need. That's right. And he's not trying to cause us to lack. In fact, the opposite. He's trying to give us more than we can even handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He lavishes us with love. He lavishes us with supply. He lavishes us with blessings. And in fact, I'm always speaking in ministry that heaven does not have a giving problem. It's mm-hmm. earth. Earth has mm-hmm. a receiving problem. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that we're not positioning ourselves for the supply of heaven because we're still seeking things and motivated by things that are very fleshly. Yeah. And this is why when we seek God, when we seek his heartbeat, we're connecting into the very heartbeat of love, of, yes. of things that want to give to us. But mm-hmm. there, there's a story of, of how they catch monkeys. I think this is very, uh, very indicative of this. They, they have this big round bowl, and there's only space for a hand to go in to get what's in the bowl. And they'll put apples inside this big uh, kind of globe. Mm-hmm. And the monkey has to make his hand very, very small as, as skinny as possible. And they, they put the hand through the hole and then the whole arm goes in, they grab an apple. Well, now the apple is in the hand and now the hand is really big while it's holding the apple and they try to pull their hand out and they cannot. Yeah. And they won't let go of the apple. You see, the apple kind of trapped them. The desire for something trapped them, and they couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. In the same way, Satan is placing temptations in front of us to even take care of our own security, take care of our own health, take care of our own uh, self-image and all these things. 
Meanwhile, God would say, if you would only let go of what the world was giving you, Mm -hmm. I will give you my image. I will give you my peace. I will give you my health. I will give you all that I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you've got to let go. And, and that, mm-hmm. that's worship because it says, I not only believe that you're that great God, I trust you enough to let go of trying to do it myself. Amen. That trust is so important. It's so vital because, you know, the Bible even says in Hebrews that the only way to please God is through faith. And faith mm. is trusting. And trusting looks like letting go. Exactly what you're talking about. Worshiping him in spirit and truth. Letting go. I can't do this in my own power and abilities. I'm not going to seek things for myself. I'm going to seek you. And I just trust and I, and I believe that you're going to take care of me in every way, the, you know, the, in, in the best way that, that you know, that, that you will God. And so, and it's just awesome. I just love, because there's a principle in scripture that, that, you know, it's in first John where it says, when we behold him, we will become just like him. And there's this principle there that's talking about when we see him, when, when, when he returns, when we see him, we will be glorified. We will manifest the full image of Christ. But at the same time, there's a principle there that as we behold him in the secret place, as we behold him in intimacy, as we see him in the scriptures, as we see him through even individuals in the, in, in the body of Christ, as we see him, then there's this beautiful manifestation of our God-given divine nature. We become conformed to the very image of Christ as we see him. It's just this beautiful law and I just feel like kind of even shifting gears a little bit but it goes along the same lines of you know talking about breaking strongholds in our lives you know there's a lot of believers that want to be free from certain sins there's believers in their heart they have the desire to walk in full freedom and holiness but they are struggling to get there and we're, we're talking about beholding and worship but at the same time I know you talk about receiving God's love and for me personally for me personally I'm going I'm to swing it off to you I've when it came to sin issues in my life you know me trying to overcome them on my own I always wound up flat on my face you know, striving and trying and I would do good for a couple of days and then boom, you know, you slip up again and you're beating yourself up in condemnation. But I just love what, what's been so liberating for me is Romans chapter six, where it talks about grace. Um, sin no longer has dominion or mastery over you because you're under grace, not under the law. And it talks about, you know, our bodies being a holy, you know, um, honoring God with our bodies, which is our vessels. And so I'd love to talk about that because I know there's people right now that are struggling and they want to be free, but they, you know, I just want to encourage people to be free in the right way through, through the grace of God and not through just the striving to try to be holy. Yeah. Yeah. So good, Michael. Um, You know, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we're talking about being held by anything, by anything in darkness, in anything in the spirit world, strongholds, bondages, depressions, sicknesses, mindsets, whatever it may be. When we follow Jesus, when we're in the light, we're going to experience freedom. Yes. It's just nothing of darkness can operate in the light. In fact, darkness can't even enter the realm of light. (laughs) Once you turn the light on, darkness flees. So this idea of getting and 
following Jesus is essential in this verse to experiencing a life that's in the light and a life of freedom. And so I've got to follow Jesus. That's, that, that's, that's what's going to bring my, my deliverance. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why now Jesus said in Matthew that if anybody's going to follow me, they have to take up the cross. So if I'm going to be free, I've got to follow Jesus. But to follow Jesus, I have to take up my cross, deny myself, and follow him. And so I think the message here is Jesus is saying, flesh can't follow me. Sin nature can't follow me. But when you let go of you and you put your focus on me, you're going to be drawn up into, you're going to be transformed. Like, like you were saying, mm-hmm. you, you're going to be transformed. You're going to be elevated up into a new realm. And so kind of what the Lord was putting on my heart is he was saying, what, whatever you worship, you're going to be held by. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at Jesus and you're following him, you're literally being brought up into a glory realm that you're beginning to think like him, see what he sees. You're beginning to behold him. And yes, we're becoming transformed. We're becoming changed into that image. That's right. Mm -hmm. In that state, I can pray. In that state, I can declare. In that state, I can prophesy. In that state, I'm able to move with the authority and the glory of God. Mm. However, if I take my eyes off of him and begin to ascribe worth to things that are not him, I'm actually no longer pursuing him. I'm pursuing something else. And that causes us to be held by whatever that thing is. Mm. So, for example, if, if we're lacking money, we need to look at him as Jehovah Jireh. We need to be caught up with that. He is the provider. We need to see his heartbeat inside of that. And as you lift him up in that area and you worship him and you pursue him as that, all of a sudden we're accessing his provision. Yeah. yeah a really great example of this. One, one, of, one, of, my, one of my favorite uh, excerpts of, of history in the scripture is when Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. Because this is an example of this. You know, he asked God, command me to come out on the water. And, and Jesus did. And Peter's walking on water. He's defying gravity. He's no longer bound by natural law. He's looking at Jesus. And that gaze must have been so powerful, faith so strong, of hearing his word that he was walking on that water. But once he took his eyes off of the water and he beheld the wind and the waves. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that he immediately, that he, he began to sink. And I I don't know how deep he went, you know, whether he fell, you know, up to his ankles, his knees, his waist, maybe it was, the water was over his head, but he had enough time to cry out, Lord, save me. And the Bible says immediately Jesus reaches forth his hand and saves him. This, this tension between walking on top of circumstances or walking in the bondage of those circumstances has at the very center of it what I see. And so when you're in a state of worship, you're not just seeing, you're beholding, yeah. you're mm-hmm. taking him in. 
Yeah. And that's causing a shift on the inside. And so we see people getting freed from the strongholds of the enemy because A, they're able to follow Jesus when they're denying themselves. And B, you follow Jesus, you see Jesus. And now you're walking in a new level of victory. Amen. Amen. And for those who are listening right now, we just want to say to you that I just feel strongly in my heart that you're hearing this word about um, a year of consecration and being set apart and walking in freedom and and your heart is resonating with it. But at the same time, there is this um, almost doubt in yourself and your ability to be able to follow the Lord and really walk in freedom. And I want to say good. It, it, it's great that you have a lack of faith and ability that you can do it because you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it in your own power, in your own abilities. You know, the Christian life is impossible without the grace of God in our hearts, empowering us to do what we couldn't do in our own natural abilities. And so we need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus. We need the Heavenly Father. And so that's why me and Steve today, we're telling you, cling to Christ. Trust in Christ. Rely on Him wholeheartedly. That's what that word means in the Scriptures, trust and faith, to rely wholeheartedly, to cling, to cleave to Jesus, to to come to Him for everything. Let Him be your supply, and don't look to yourself or the world to be able to bring the things in your life that you need. Just go to Jesus, and He's going to take care of everything else. And so I just want to speak to you right now, and I know, and then I'm going to have Steve do this as well, but I just pray over you and I speak over you right now that the cross is sufficient, that the blood of Christ is sufficient, that he didn't just die to forgive your sins, but he also died for your freedom as well. And there is sufficient power through the sacrifice of Christ to not only walk guilt-free, but to walk sin-free. And so we just speak over your life right now that the grace of God is sufficient, and even in your weakness, he will be made strong in your life. And so I just want to encourage people. We're talking about the cross. We're talking about also denying ourselves and taking up our cross. We're talking about you, you can't do it, okay? And the things of the world allure, but at the same time, Christ is greater Christ is more beautiful, more amazing, more stunning than you even know. And giving up these things of this world is, is, is almost a no-brainer when you encounter Jesus for who he really is. And so, Steve, I would love just as we end this, this podcast here today, whatever you feel in your heart to encourage them, um, just, just you, you have total freedom to release that. And if you would like to pray as well, you can do that. Yeah, thank you. I want to tell you who are listening right now that there is hope that's ready to explode in your life. Mm. And Paul the Apostle gave the, the prescription in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He said that we were to present our lives, our bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. God is looking not for money, not for smarts, not for education. He's looking for us to simply say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I give you my life, including my mind, my heart, my motivation. Lord, I entrust it to you. And the Bible promises that when we do that, we're going we're gonna to be transformed. And, and our minds are going to be renewed. 
And we're going to see and prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, everything God wants for your life is going to come to pass. Yes. We just need to learn to surrender. And I want to tell you that no demonic prison can hold a living sacrifice for God. There is no problem, trial, tribulation that can maintain ownership of something that you give to God. When you give it to God, it's God's and it's in his hand and, and, and ownership trans transfers. Mm -hmm. And so take your life, take your body right now, take your mind right now, take your finances, take your marriage, take your children, take everything. And let's right now give them into the nail scarred hands of Jesus. Cause that's where the enemy can no longer influence and manipulate them. So father, we just cast all things into your nail scarred hands. Father, we take our worries, we take our dreams, we take all things that concern us, and we give them to you. And Lord, we declare that we shall worship you for your good and lovely and wonderful, and you are full of grace and truth, and we entrust our lives, we offer all that we are. Lord, we even recognize that You already purchased us on the cross. Mm. We're only giving to you that which you've already purchased. And so, Lord, we entrust it to you. And we make declaration, God, that we'll look to you for all things. So lead us and guide us. And I I speak of freedom and, and and a breaking of strongholds now. That God is there giving to you, Lord. The enemy is losing his influence over them. Mm. And we declare that the strong man would be overwhelmed by your power. Lord, that bondages would break, Lord. Sicknesses would depart right now. Lord, even their bodies given to you, Lord, that's your property, God. Your glory should be upon it. And we speak to sicknesses and diseases and oppressions and all kinds of darkness. We declare for it to go. In the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. Bless, Father. Bless them. And they're rising up and they're laying down. Thank you. In the fullness of your grace and goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I just saw in my spirit a picture of a Bible opening up and light shining from the Bible. And so I just want to declare this over you. And for those who are listening right now, just receive this by faith. I just see an illumination on the word of God, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the words of Christ, the words of Paul, the uh, the words of the prophets, that the Bible, the word of God would literally just come alive in your heart like 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 it never has before and that just the revelation of Christ would just pierce your heart and that you would just your foundation would become stronger and stronger in the mighty name of Jesus that as you're reading the word you would not feel dry you would not feel like it's going in one ear and out the other or over your head but that it would sink in it would be illuminated into your heart that you would get understanding that you would have the, the supernatural knowledge of who Jesus is what he has done and who you are in him and so I just speak that over you and all you got to do you don't got to feel goose bumps. You don't have to feel tingles. You don't have to feel anything. 
All you have to do is just say, Lord, I receive that by faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so, amen. 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 Wow. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for joining me today on Awaken Podcast. It's a blessing. How can people connect with your ministry? And, uh, you know, you're, I know you have a podcast and you write books. And so tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the podcast is called Be Healed. And uh, they can grab that on Spotify, charismamedia.com, all those outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we encourage people to go there because um, it's so vital to understand how to uh, receive the promises of God so they can do that. Again, the podcast is called Be Healed. And uh, also, they can go to stevehannett.com. And uh, that's got our website's got everything on there. They can access the books and uh, all the resources and other things there. And um, also, The Miraculous Life um, is a TV program that uh, airs on a couple of networks, uh, and uh, we're excited about uh, being able to help people understand uh, some stories, testimonies, and some great teaching. Uh, Right now, it's on the ISN uh, network with Sid Roth, and soon will be on the Destiny Image uh, TV network, and so we're just looking forward to that. And um, so we pray that, uh, you know, everybody who's listening will be blessed by these resources as, as it's meant to help equip them uh, to live the life that Jesus died for. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Well, hey, thank you, Pastor Steve, for joining me today. It really was a blessing to talk to you again, like always. Yeah, so great to be with you, Michael. God bless you. <laughs> you too. For those who are listening, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll get out to more people so they can be blessed and awakened to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And I look forward to speaking with you guys next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope-Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, Uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today.